and welcome back to the C2R podcast. Today we have a there's another one of our uh, interviews of our um, our program we're liking to call uh, Success Stories, and we have a success story here today. We have our guest uh, Ed Rogers. Hi Ed, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Charles, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, Ed, give us a little bit of background. Uh, where are you from? You know, how'd you get to Rock Hill, and how'd you find the call to recovery program? Well, let's see. How far back do you want me to start? Hey, as far back as you need to go. Uh, well, I was born in Roswell, New Mexico. Of course, uh, my dad was in the Air Force, so I'm an alien. I'm just passing through. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, after he retired, we moved back to Texas. And uh, I graduated high school in Clovis, New Mexico, Um just before we moved back to Texas, and I went to work for a, a vault aircraft. It used to be LTV, Ling Timco Vault. I went to work for them in '69, uh, and uh, met my wife a year later uh, in here in Athens, Texas, where we got married. <laughs> I met her at the Dixie Drive-in. I met her at the Dixie Drive-in, and. Uh, we got married in Ennis, Texas, which uh, is where my uh, uncle had a church there with uh, Creechville Baptist Church there on Creechville Road in Ennis. Of course, my dad was born and raised around Ennis and Italy down and through there. My grandfather, you know, farmed around Trinidad and Italy and all through there back in the days. But So Texas is home, you know, it's just, but my dad was in the Air Force and we lived, moved all over. We were all over. And in the military, of course, drinking is kind of okay. That's just what you did, you know, drinking and smoking. So I was around a lot of that. And I guess you could say, I'd have to say, I probably started drinking when I was seven years old, maybe. You can't never tell. Got into it, you know. Uh, but it didn't really become a problem till my teenage years, you know, when I became a teenager, of course. And, uh, I was back uh, 13 years old. We were in Alaska and uh, got into cases of champagne. It was good, but uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, that addictive nature of mine. Uh, like I said, just ended up after Dad retired. We moved back to Texas and I got married uh, to my wife that I've been married to 48 years now. Yeah, they've been good and bad years, just whatever. First 15 years of our marriage, I guess we drank the first 15 years of our marriage till we got sober in uh, 86, January 5th, 86. And uh, thank God for that. It's, it was a... Uh, it wasn't all bad times. You know, I have to say that we never thought we had a problem in the beginning, which nobody does I don't, with anything, any type of addiction. And um, the way it got to the darkest times was the further on down in life we got. And our drinking got more excessive and more controlling, you know. In other words, instead of us, which we don't control anything, uh, it controls us. Basically, and that's what the uh, alcohol would. I 
whiskey was my favorite, but I couldn't do whiskey too much because I get too violent. Um, uh, <laughs> some people say I break out in spots. Yeah, I break out in Dallas, Fort Worth, where I didn't know where I was going to be. I'd wake up somewhere. And uh, I wasn't a very faithful husband in the beginning because of my drinking. He'd take me to the bars instead of going home. I would be out just carousing the bars and doing whatever. So, and it progressively got worse. And it finally got to the point where the time that after she did what she did and everything like that, my drinking, I just got even more so into it. And then I got uh, a couple of DWIs and ended up, uh, well, I got to go to AA now. Uh, get these papers signed and everything like that. So I started to AA, and uh, I just went there because I just need to get my paper signed. You know, if I get my paper signed and get the judge off my back, I'll be good to go. And if I we get back to it, but I must have heard something or got something, and even though I drank me a few beers before I'd go to the meeting and. After I get through at the meeting, I'd leave and go drink me some more and go right back to doing what I was doing. Then I'd make the next meeting, whatever. But I wasn't really applying the program at all. Uh, but I must have got something. And then I started listening, and I started not drinking before going, not drinking afterwards. And finally, I said, you know, it's really something to this. That's when it started rubbing my wife the wrong way because she didn't want to quit drinking. She was still enjoying it. And for me, I didn't like it anymore. It was uncomfortable. Uh, so, and I seen that, started really looking at myself because I wasn't doing all that drinking all the time. I said, well, there's something to this. But the old devil, you know how he is, he just said, nah, come on, you know. And I wanted to, you know, please her. I wanted to keep my wife. But uh, got right back down into the dump with her. And then New Year's Eve night in 1985, when we crawled across the street, both of us, so drunk we couldn't walk, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm talking about crawling on our hands and knees in a bar ditch, across the street into another bar ditch, and up the steps into the house and fall out, you know. And that point, and wake up the next morning, and then she's gone. And I'm there, got, got our kids there, of course. But I'm not doing any good for them. I'm, you know, I'm back to my drinking again. You know, we're just, and really out there. And this is, you know, New Year's Day. She's gone. I'm with the kids, but I'm drinking. And let's say for the next four days here, it is really bad. It's really bad this four days. And our kids are having to see this. My mom and dad, they come, come get the kids. And they go take them. Needless to say, I destroy the house. I destroy whatever I could. And then I tried to destroy myself, you know, because I didn't like me. And I didn't like who I'd become. But uh, I did basically. I think, all right, we had an old travel trailer that we used to take it deer hunting. 
that's what we go deer hunting in. Take me about 10, 12 cases of beer with me whenever I went deer hunting for the weekend because I wanted to make sure I had plenty of beer. But I was out there in it. I let, got out of the house because I tore the house up. Got out there in it and got to the point where I just I didn't want to live anymore. You know, just that down to the, just, I don't, you know, I don't care what happens. And I, I got out a straight razor. I shaved my head, shaved at it completely destroyed it looking at myself in the mirror and I didn't like the person that was looking at me and I just ripped my shirt off of me and I hit my knees then and I just said Lord you know I just I can't do this anymore and I mean I come to that point you know Lord God you know you got to do this got to do something and two people showed up for her she had the same thing and I you know this is a God thing I, there's no way to explain it any other way than it's a God thing. And it was my, my sister and my brother-in-law. And uh, for her, it was my brother and her sister. You know, that's the two that we got. And uh, right then and there is when I turned my will and my life over the care of God as I understood him, which was Jesus Christ. And the reason I said that God as I understood him is different than what they try to teach you in AA. That's where I got that at. It was in AA. But until you have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't know which God we're talking about, per se. I know which God mine is. And that's through Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. He shed his blood for me. That's And, I know, and that's what I liked about call to recovery. That's why I'm in call to recovery as far as doing 12-step part of this program, which is to carry the message to others, which is what the Lord calls you to do when you become one of His children and a disciple of His. You do that. And that's what I, you know, that's the reason I go through this. Because in AA, I didn't quite get that. Uh, she, she enjoyed AA. We basically got clean together, sober together. She went to a rehab there in, in uh, Duncanville, and mine, I was in the rehab in Dallas. Got into AA. We do, did AA program, did our 90 and 90. Uh, actually, was in uh, I was in AA part of the program uh, for six months and started church. I said, this, it wasn't enough for me. It was good, but it wasn't. I wasn't getting the spiritual nurturing that I wanted or needed or, or felt that I needed, you know, for myself. Uh, my wife was a little different. She liked the AA better. I said, well, that's fine. And I would make some meetings every now and then. She would make her meetings. But I, I went to church. Uh, I got into church and started my spiritual walk stronger. And uh, But still did some AA every now and then. But mine was mostly through church. And, but when, we, uh, when I retired, we got back down here and met Dan. And I called a recovery and it, seen that, hey, this is like AA, but... It's okay if we say Jesus Christ in here, you know, share Jesus. And some of the meetings that we were in before, stuff like that, you had to be careful about what you said or how you approached it. Or, you know, like if you went to an NA meeting, you didn't, you couldn't come in there if you're an alcoholic. And if you were a drug addict, you didn't go to an AA meeting. Now, wait a minute, it's all an addiction. And that's what I like about the Call to Recovery program is it's an addiction, and we leave that upper part. I am powerless over 
blank because you can acquire an addiction to anything. I mean, I, I had an addiction to sex. I had an addiction to alcohol. had an addiction to uh, smoking. Um, there's several addictions. And thank God I don't have those problems anymore. Do I have problems? Yes, I do. You know, I'd be a fool to say that I don't. But I don't have the addictive nature that I have. I don't have to deal with it. I have someone to help me with that, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the program of AA is good, and having sponsorship is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But it only does so much for you. And it gives you some structure, some way to work. And that's why we incorporate that in with the C2R. It is good. It's a good program. But you can find God in there, but you've got to know. Uh, you've got to have a personal relationship to see God in it. And God's in it, you know. The uh, Cold Life Recovery Bible that we utilize is really good because it basically shows you the scriptures and blends it with AA, and AA blends right into it and shows you where it all came from, and it's all from God. And uh, if it was a man thing, it wouldn't work. And uh, that's all I can say about that. Um, I love the program, and I love the sharing, and I love the people in it because we're all alike. We have an addictive nature and we can get addicted to anything. Uh, my wife was talking about uh, gambling earlier and she did. She had a serious problem. And a lot of people have said, well, it's just gambling. What's the problem? When it starts taking away from your uh, personal relationship with God and your personal relationship with your family, stuff like that, uh, anything that takes away from your personal relationships uh, in your family that's that's bad so it could be anything um, I thank God today for every day that I have and I have to thank him every morning and I have to ask God every morning first thing in the morning Jesus Lord you drive my bus this morning because if I'm driving it I'm not going to get us there you know and I thank him in the evening when I go to sleep at night, you know. Just something short, just let him know that, hey, I appreciate the day that you've given me. Because I know that all I've got is today. Yesterday's done, I can't do anything about it. If I messed it up, I messed it up. I just got to do better today because all I've got is today. Because God don't guarantee tomorrow, you know. I've got today, he got today. So I try to do the best I can today. Um, I don't always make it. But I try, you know. With God's help, I do a better job today than I did yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I just thank God for my my relationship today with Him through His Son. Because without it, I know that it's only by the grace of God I'm here today, and I know that it's only by His mercy. Uh, there's a lot of things in my life that uh, really and truly I can see where God intervened, protected me to keep me where I'm at. I, I suffered from it, but I'm still here. But he's shown me that he was, I see where it was God's hand. Because there's no such thing as luck. You, you don't have any luck. It's, it's all by the grace of God. And uh, I should have been dead a long time ago. Uh, there's one time 
when I was 16 years old. No, 14, 14 years old. Uh, I fell out of a tree. Well, actually, we were swinging from tree to tree and fell and stopped. And it penetrated through my leather belt and my pants and everything into my side. But only I went in a quarter of an inch into my abdomen. I could not touch the ground. I had to grab a hold of it, pick myself up off of it. And it should have killed me. I should have been impaled all the way through. But it didn't. That's just one example to me. When I look back, I said, you know, I should have never made it. And uh, there's some vehicles that I have totally destroyed, walked away without a scratch. I thank God that I'm not in prison right now today because of my drunken stupors. She talked about blackouts earlier. I've had blackouts driving. Don't remember when I left from where I was at to get to where I was at the next day. Have no no earthly clue. And if I had killed somebody, run over somebody, had an accident, did have a, I mean, you hear about it every day. And I think, you know, by the grace of God, there go I. You know, th that could be me. And I thank God in this program. And that's why we, we do what we do. And we share that with those in prison, in jail. And it's, it's with everybody we can. We should share Jesus Christ with anybody we can, everybody we can. First person we come to, we talk to in the morning. God, you know, put somebody in front of me I need to share the word with. Because you don't know. You just don't know. And we want to let them have hope. There is hope. There is another way. There is a better life. And uh, I want to share that with you. You know. Absolutely. Well, I tell you, when I came to Rock Hill, I, like I said, I had no clue about addiction. I had no clue about anything. But when I was first introduced to the Call to Recovery program, me being an outsider, me not having ever been in AA or anything like that, I saw potential in this program that I've never seen before. And as I'm more and more exposed to it, I suddenly realized that the Call to Recovery program will be one of the programs that will spread the gospel of Jesus yes. everywhere. Because I say that because I see so many people that are suffering that they turn to anything to get their mind away from the pain of this world. Mm -hmm. And Call to Recovery will be there to pick up the pieces for them and help them, put them in contact with a higher power that put them in, in touch with Jesus, put them in touch with God to usher mm -hmm. them in, mm -hmm. usher them away from their pain. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I look at somebody that is not in that, who think they got it all together, who's out there living their life that don't even think they have a problem yet. They have an emptiness inside them and they never will be exposed to that, but something will happen. And they'll make a mistake. They'll realize that they have an addiction or they'll be there. And then they'll have no return. But when they see us, when they see Call to Recovery, they get 
they'll get that exposure that they didn't have before. And that's like Jay Louder. I always tribute to him because I didn't know that he was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And to see how far he's come. Mm -hmm. And I would, I've always talked about getting Jay Louder and Dan together in a room just to see what (laughs) kind of conversation that would be. But to hear your story, to hear both of your stories, it gives me hope knowing that there is hope. There is a future. There is a way out of the yes. darkness. And I love that. And I want to let people out there know, yeah. let people in the world know about that. Mm-hmm. There is a way out of the darkness yes. and it is Jesus. That right. is the way out of the darkness. Right. Absolutely. And I love hearing success stories. And when Dan brought it up, he says, why don't we get somebody in here and do a couple of success stories? It's like, Dan, <laughs> that is brilliant. I never even thought about that. <laughs> I was just talking about getting the program out there, but mm-hmm. you've got so much better idea than I do. <laughs> and so I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very humbled that, I'm, that God allows me to be part of this program. And when I first started helping out Dan, I, I realized that he has a vision that is unlike many visions you see out there. And I know that I want to be a part of that. And that's why I've started helping. That's why I lend him as much help as he possibly needs. Mm-hmm. And, I hope and I pray that I could be there for him and the program in the future. I, I just, I love the program. I love what the program does, who it helps, how it helps. And I'm so happy about people that are like you that are success stories because of that program. But also that you get to help. I get to mm-hmm. see people that have come from that dark place who help others. Because oftentimes you see the people that have their problems, but you never get to see the people that are helping behind the scenes those people that have those problems. Yeah. And um, you're right. And that, that whole part of it, that, that grace. And it's not about me. It's about God and what God's done through me. And I have to, you know, understand that. Because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be about me. And uh, that whole part of it is if, if you look at me, uh, through God's eyes, I don't know why he put up with me. I don't know why he saved me. I really have no idea because I'm not a very good person, okay, as far as through God's eyes. I may be a pretty good guy to some people, but not in God's eyes. But that's the part that people understand. Through God's eyes is the one you've got to be concerned about. And for me, if I'm looking bad in his eyes, then I need to change something. I need to do something. And... Uh, God does, has done his part. That's up to me to do my part. And then for my part is to get out there and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. Share that hope, that experience, strength, and hope, you know, that we have. And it shows that, hey, it is possible. I did it. I don't know. See, you know, if you knew who I was before, you would never want to be around me, you know. But that's a good thing about that right. is that people can relate. They see where you're at. And that's why we're doing this is that to expose them, say, hey, you know what? I messed up, too. Mm-hmm. If, if he can if he can find God in the darkness, then maybe I can find God in the darkness. And that's that's the point. And that's mm-hmm. what God is using your story for. He's using you. He's using your story to help others that don't have that hope. Mm-hmm. And it, it may not you, you say it's not about you, but it is. But it's not about you. But it's about the work that Jesus does through you. Right. And that's what the important thing is. I'm I'm just there to plant the seed. I'm just, uh, I don't know, 
and let God do what he's going to do with it. Because he's the first call. That's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are merely the vessels of his word. Yes, sir. Well, Ed, I thank you so much for sharing with us today. Well, I thank you. This <laughs> It was a very insightful uh, time that we got to spend with you today. Thank you so much. And look forward to more uh, success stories <clears throat> that we have out there. They'll be coming. Uh, we're going to try and do a couple um, every other week or so just to just to get more people in there because it's important that people see the success stories. Mm-hmm. And a lot of palm people don't even realize that the success stories are out there. They just think everyone's broken. But no, we're going to show them. <laughs> we're going to show them fruits of this program. And so I thank you for your time. Thank you, Pam. Thank you both for for coming today mm-hmm. and talking to us. All right, you're welcome. Thank you. All right, thank you guys. Thank you for having. Me. We'll see y'all next time. Yes, sir.